Chapter 27 September 14th, 2360 Bosch, Day 3 The first thing I say in the morning when I come to the brick house and see Papa is, Sure, I am keeping count. It's the tenth ask I've made, and it is answered with the same patient smile and nod. Sure, I sigh and nod, and then leave for my run. I run fast and hard today, trying to push myself so I can't think beyond moving one foot in front of the other. I'm breathing hard and heavy, and yet I feel weighed down by both tasks in front of me tomorrow. The previous night, the family gathered at the table and laughed over the stories of past exploits that Papa was spinning. I heard myself laugh, but still felt apart, as if I was observing the family in a study, or they were actors in a play. Last night, I pulled Zakai to me when we went to bed, hungrily wrapping myself around him. He responded with passion, but I could feel his underlying surprise at my intensity. I was a bit surprised myself. But afterward, it helped me finally find the right amount of oblivion to fall asleep. I arrive at the airfield and survey what I've created. I spend the morning testing the remotes. First, the one that controls the opening and closing of the gas tanks, and then the second one, that I finally cover with a note in big red letters. Not yet. I stow my face mask and personal tank next to the anteroom and proceed to hang up three strands of twinkle lights. Photos, I think. I need some pictures. The house is quiet, which is surprising at the noon hour when I slip into the house. Papa is sitting in his chair in the family room with his eyes closed as I smile at him and try to walk quietly to the library. Is everything ready? I freeze at the question and turn to see Papa looking at me. Papa, you're awake. I take a deep breath and ask again, hoping for a new answer. Teddy? Papa? Are you absolutely sure this is what you want? He smiles, and it reaches his eyes as he says, It's been a hell of a ride, but yes, I'm absolutely sure. I turn and go to the chair. Oh, Papa. I touch the wrinkled face that I love. Everything ready, girl? I feel the tears well in my eyes and sting in the upper reaches of my nose. Yes, Papa. So, what are you doing here? I needed some photos. Papa chuckled. There is an envelope on my desk with some I printed. Apparently, you and I are still thinking alike when it comes to details. I smile through the tears squeezing out of my eyes. Yes, we are. Always the details, right? I stand up. Okay. I'll be back for dinner. Then, tomorrow, I trail off. I'll see you at dinner, troop. I chuckle half-heartedly at the old title and slip into the library to pick up the envelope of photos. I string up one more long strand of twinkle lights at eye level around the helm and then methodically begin to hang the pictures. But the emotion contained in them flows over me and I get lost in Teddy's life. I smile at the wedding shots of Teddy and Miriam and the series of photos of the three kids as they grew from infants to toddlers to young adults. Then I see pictures of the times I can remember of Papa and Mama cuddling their grandchildren. All ten grands are represented in them. I pause and wonder for a moment why there are no photos of me. Then I realize, with a heart-wrenching pang, that I will be present, so no photo is needed. I pull out the small glitter dispenser I brought for this occasion and set it on the helm. Then I stand back to survey my handiwork. It looks very celebratory and festive. Teddy will approve.
I have another vessel ready to be powered up in the morning. I've put both light weapons, which is not my preference, and small arms in it. I may not use any of them as I have the two pistols that were handed down from Papa's father to him and that he ultimately gave to me and my knife. I want Abernathy to see me and know that I've come for him. I will leave Bosch at 0730 or half past seven bells and I will seek out the vengeance that I am due from him. I arrive home to all the family sitting in the front yard laughing and talking. I pause a distance from the house and take it in. My feelings are such a hodgepodge. I know there is pain and grief, but when I see and hear these people and their voices, I also know I am one of the luckiest people on the planet. I was not born into this life, and Abernathy almost kept me from it. But this, this joyous mess is now my life. This place, these people. A pang of anticipatory loss hits me, and I block it sharply. There will be time for that. For now, I smile and put away my reflections and distance and go to join my family for a joyous evening. After dinner, I sit in the corner at the dining room table and watch as Papa goes to each child and grandchild, being sure to kiss and hug and chat with each one. Several times I find I need to look away and squeeze my eyes against the flow of tears. At one point, I open them and see Mama looking curiously at me. When I meet her eyes, she gives me a sad smile and blows me a kiss. I throw a kiss back, but then look quickly down and pour another glass of Warner wine. An hour and several glasses of wine later, I feel Teddy lean over and whisper in my ear, I'll see you at nine bells. I nod and reply just as quietly, If that's what you want, Papa. He cups my face in his palm and smiles his crooked smile. Nine then, he whispers, and he kisses my forehead. He turns and says in his normal gravelly voice, Come on, Miriam. He takes his wife's hand. Let's head to bed.